It's the Renegades Rant Podcast with your host, the Kentucky Renegade. This podcast is sponsored by Anchor. If you want to start your own podcast, go to anchor.fm or to your phone's app stores and download Anchor today. All right, welcome to the show, everybody. I'm excited to have Doc House back onto the show, and welcome back to the show. Hey, man, I really appreciate you having me back on. I know it's been it's been quite a few months since the last time you and I got a chance to talk, so really excited about being here. I know we got some we got some crazy things to talk about, that's for sure. Oh, there's been a lot of stuff going on here this uh, past few weeks, and yeah, we got a lot to get into, so... Uh, first off, uh, I've seen you have started a new adventure and new journey. So, why don't you talk yeah. about the uh, the the move that you made? Yes, um, my family and I uh, we definitely uh, took a shot in the dark and started planning some uh, planning a, a move. And um, I'm I'm happy to say that we've executed it very very well. Uh, we sold our house in Jacksonville at the beginning of February this year. And uh, we bought some land up in the panhandle of Florida. We got about five acres. And um, we are really excited because we've got enough room now for our boys to, to grow up in the woods. And uh, we've got enough room to start doing some homesteading. You know, we're, we're, we're going to be doing a chicken coop and we're going to be raising quail and uh, we're, we're going to be gardening and growing an orchard and, and just starting to really start to become more self-sufficient uh, by ourselves without having to rely on our main food source coming from the grocery store. And uh, the sheer fact that, you know, inflation is absolutely wrecking us right now uh, and our, our food cost is, is just, you know, having two children and plus dogs and us, you know, our, our, our food expense has shot up uh, to a very, very high number uh, for the monthly food budget that we have. And so we want to be just become a little bit more self-sufficient on that end. And, and luckily we, we have, uh, you know, we, we've done this in a way that we'll be able to, to do that here shortly. So it's been a, a, an going from city life out to the country i mean where where we're at uh there is nothing around nothing around us um you know we're having to put in electric to the to the property we're having to we had to put in a well we got to put it in our own septic or you know we're having obviously a company do you know the septic but um you know so we're having to do a lot you know to get ourselves prepared and, and we're almost there uh we should be uh, on the property within the next month to a month and a half, but we're up, we're up here, uh, in a, a extended Airbnb for the time being, but, uh, everything's chugging along. It's moving very, you know, uh, very well. And like I said earlier, you know, we just, we executed this plan. We started planning this in about 2020 when, when the world went to hell in a handbasket. And, um, we're just, we're really blessed and we're really thankful for the things that we've been able to do, um, you know, over the last year or so to get us to this point. So it's, it's been great. Uh, we've met a lot of good people up here. It's just a slower pace. Um, country country people are definitely definitely different than than the city people and um but i got a good job up here my wife's still working for the same company that she's working for she's able to work from home uh kids are in school uh it's like i said it's just been really nice and we're like i said we're really we're really blessed to um to be here right now that's for sure 
that's a great thing and i'm i'm proud that you guys were able to make that move i'm hoping somewhere down along the line i'm going to be able to get out into the countryside but i'm not too far out from the country i just i live in a neighborhood i mean there's this a few people that live on this dead end street that I live on and I'm at the very end of it, but I kind of like to have my own property and have like chickens and stuff like that. I'm still kind of in the city area where that's not allowed. You have to have a certain amount of acreage to, to have chickens and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I definitely commend you for making the move. I mean, that's a, that's a great thing for you and your wife and your family. Yeah. Um, we, uh, like I said, we, we started thinking about this, uh, back in 2020 when all the pandemic stuff was going on and, uh, you know, just the way, you know, we went from a pandemic into riots into a stolen election. And then when Biden took office in 2021, it just seems like everything has gotten so much worse. And we were very, very lucky to sell our house. I mean, we had to put, we had to put some money into it. It had to get a new roof and some new floors and new paint all, all the way. Uh, like we had to paint the whole entire exterior of the house and we had to do some, we just had to, we had to put a lot of money into it to be able to sell it. And with interest rates being as high as they are right now, you know, it was definitely a buyer's market. And, um, but we, we, we came across some, actually we sold the house to, uh, uh, some friends of ours. And, um, so it just, it worked out well. And, and we, we walked away with exactly how much we wanted to make off the house. And, and it's, it was enough to get us started here, but also keep some money in the bank. So, but with the banks being the way that they are right now, I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, we, we, we're, we're still trying to decide what, what we want to do, you know, financially moving forward as far as, you know, what kind of what we want to put our money into. Obviously, I'm not putting it into the stock market and I'm not putting it into some of these other, you know, long term investments that just don't seem like they're probably going to pan out. I, I don't know. I just I don't trust our financial situation right now. And this is the most amount of money that I've ever had in my entire life. And I just now I don't know what to do with it because things are not the same way as they were prior to 2020 as far as our financial markets are concerned. So, but um, that's a situation. That's the situation I'm kind of in. I just I I don't want to keep money in the bank. So I pulled most of mine out Uh, now. You know, I've talked to a lot of people and they're in the same situation. I just tell them, you know, maybe the best way to go is going to have to be gold or silver. I mean, just you, you don't want to really say that for the simple fact that that's just something that, you know, you can't go out and buy groceries with and you can't go out and just. But if you have to sell it, I mean, you have, you know, something that is worth something. But Tangible. It's tangible. It, it, it's going to be something that's going to be used down the road when all these banks do crash, because mm-hmm. I do feel like it's they're just putting it up on just a peg leg right now and it's getting ready to fall over, I believe. Well, I mean, the, the Fed is not making things any better. And, you know, inflation for anybody who knows anything about economics 101, inflation is too much money chasing not enough goods. So raising the interest rates is just putting more of a squeeze on the American people. It's not doing anything to offset inflation. They're not they, they need to stop printing money and we need to start bringing goods or, or manufacturing of goods back to the states, which is what Trump was doing. You know, when he was president was bringing manufacturing back to the United States so we could produce our own 
goods. And so when we don't have enough goods, and then it goes into, you know, all of those food processing plants that were burning down, all of those egg plants that were burning down. Now, now, you know, eggs are through the roof. That's because there's no supply of the eggs, you know? So it, it's, it almost seems like it's be, being done on purpose in a way. And um, that's that's what's really concerning to me is like I'm watching all of this happen and watching all of this play out in real time. And it's 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 very slow and, and it's methodical and it's to not cause people to, to panic. Uh, but I'm over here going, hey, you know, all of this is happening and it's 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 slowly happening right in front of your eyes. And people are just like, oh, no, it's not. I'm like, here's here's information on it. <laughs> I mean, this yeah. is really happening right now. And uh, so it just kind of feels like it's it's uh, it's it's all being done on purpose. Yeah. And see, I work in the distribution center and it's for a very large retailer and, you know, we don't have the work and people are like, what are we going to do? I mean, there's no work. And I'm like, this is part of the inflation that we're getting ready to see happen. You're going to see a lot of people in warehouses lose their jobs because they're going to reduce the production they're going to reduce the staff. They're not going to be able to continue to run because supply and demand is not being met because people can't afford it. Yep. You know, and people really need to understand what a fiat currency is, what fractional banking is, and look into it. Go to go to YouTube and look up storm clouds gathering. The people there, they do amazing little 10, 15 minute videos on what's the dollar, what's uh, fractional banking. It goes into everything, explains to you perfectly to, uh, you know, a regular person. It breaks it down to you and you understand exactly what they're doing and how they're doing it. Well, I mean, the, the most important thing is that people need to understand is that our our currency doesn't have a backing no, we don't. We don't have any natural resources backing it. We don't have gold, silver. We have absolutely nothing backing our currency. It is legitimately just paper printed out of thin air that comes that is loaned to the government at an interest rate, and that interest will never be able to be paid back because the people who are printing the money are the ones who is owed that interest, who is loaning the government the money, and it's just stacking on top of. I mean, it's just stack. It's perpetual debt is what it is. And the only thing that is back technically backing it is the U S worker. That's it. Yep. And so if there is a, a, a disaster to where people aren't working, what is that going to, what's that going to do to the currency? It's going to cause it to inflate even more to where we could be like Brazil in a few years where you could have, a trash bag full of hundred dollar bills and you can barely buy a loaf of bread with it. Absolutely. You know, and that, and that's the direction we're going. I mean, yeah. you look at the way the currency currency and the, uh, the markets are going, it's all just manipulated with lies. I mean, they just, mm -hmm. they play this game with numbers and they just make it look like, Oh, well, everything's going to be okay. But they know behind the scenes that, it's failing and they just have to keep up making new lies and yep. keep putting it up on a peg leg before it falls again. And that's all they're doing. Yep. And that's, you know, uh, that's what I think a lot of countries are starting to move away from the petrodollar 
and into the um, yuan. Is that how you pronounce it? The Chinese yeah, currency. Yeah, I believe yuan. that's how it's. Yeah, I think it's yeah, the yuan. yuan. Um, and and you know you've got countries like Russia, Iran, and even Saudi Arabia um, is is meeting with the BRICS um, conglomerate to where it looks like there's a, another international order that is uh, being set up, and the United States does not have a seat at that table. And so if Saudi Arabia was to move away from the petrodollar and start trading and start uh, selling uh, their oil uh, based on the yuan currency, I mean, that's going to that's going to devastate the United States economy because basically we are being, like you said, put up on a peg leg based off of just the fact that the United States controls the petrodollar. And if that goes away from all of these other oil producing countries, uh, like Venezuela is even uh, stepping in and, and becoming a part of that that international order. Uh, we're we're screwed, and people don't seem to understand that. So, um, you know that that is that's very concerning, especially for the future of of you know our country, for the future of our families. Um, you know, so that's why I've all I've been telling people for these last couple of years, especially since 2020 happened, I'm like, you need to start getting prepared. You need to have some type of plan for the eventuality that all of this comes crashing down. And what are you going to do if it does? What 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 are where are you going to go? How are you going to handle it? Do you have enough food stored away to to you know to feed you and your family for an extended period of time? If you can't go to the grocery store, if you can't afford to go to the grocery store, do you have enough food? Because people need three things, food, water, shelter. Do you have all three of those things? Can you provide those three things for an extended period of time if you're not able to go to the gas station to get some gas? If you're not able to go to the grocery store to get some food, if you, you know, are, are you going to be able to provide? And you know, that's where a lot of people, most majority of people, I mean, I think there's probably only, I'd say maybe 10 to 15% of us inside of this country that are fully prepared for something like that. Yeah, and I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna. I mean, it, it'll start in the cities and it'll trickle its way out. I mean, the cities. W- once the food supply gets cut off to the cities, dude, that is going to be the the biggest disaster in human history. Absolutely, and I, I mean, you're already starting to see it. I mean, the way I explain it to people is just think: people who used to be able to afford three meals can only afford two. Mm-hmm. Look at the people who could only afford two meals can now only afford one. Now, you look at the people who only can afford one, they can't. So you're seeing all these muggings, all these robberies, mm-hmm. uh, people people in Walmart parking lot bringing out their groceries. you got to start having a situational awareness about you when you're at the grocery store because people are going to start robbing you because people can't afford groceries. That's where it's going to come down to. Well, what, what is that age-old saying? We're only four mils, missed meals away from complete chaos? Yeah. And you're one paycheck from being homeless anyways. I mean, Mm -hmm. everybody's paycheck to paycheck for the majority of this country. And there's not even enough people in this country that have anywhere near a thousand to two thousand dollars in their bank accounts. Everybody's usually just, you know, paycheck to paycheck. Yep. Just barely able to budget to get by. And, you know, that is the sad state of things, but we were doing so good in 2019. I mean, 2019, I made the most money that I had made, uh, you know, for, for in, in a year. I was doing 
great in 2019. My wife was doing really good. I was doing really good. I mean, I wasn't hitting like a six figure income or anything, but I was, I was still making the, the best money that I had ever made. And then 2020 happened and then it just, everything went to shit and it's just gotten progressively worse. And I mean, not only, you know, economically, but it, it seems like our society is just being completely ripped apart at the seams uh, by this this woke agenda. Um, this uh, the and and I'll I'll say this, and if it gets me canceled, it gets me canceled. But this LGBTQIA plus agenda uh, is tearing apart the fabric of our society. Absolutely, and it's gotten to the point where now you know. Everything is racist. Everything is sexist. Everything is transphobic. Everything is, you know, is some kind of phobic, you know, and it's just being, it's being taught in our schools. It's being pushed in our media. It's being uh, pushed by Hollywood. And it's, it's, it's ripping apart the fabric of our society. And this goes to what Ronald Reagan said in one of my favorite speeches. Uh, he said he was, he was quoting Nikita Khrushchev. And Nikita Kristoff, when he was asked um, how the United States would fall, he said, you know, it doesn't matter because by the time that the final ultimatum is given, the United States will have been weakened from within spiritually, morally, and economically. And at the end of the day, if you think about what our society has become – inside of the United States, we're weakened spiritually, God is being removed from everything. We are being uh, morally because of these degenerates. And then economically, look at our economy, it's on pins and needles right now. We've we've been infiltrated from within of every fabric of, of our society. And these people who are pushing this woke ideology are communists. And that's all there is to it. Yeah, and a lot of it was a push from China. They kind of got it started rolling down the hill whenever they bought out Hollywood and all the music studios. They started putting it in there. They, You know, it's a psychological warfare. Absolutely. You know, they, they want to make us implode from the inside, and they have because they have taken away the alpha male aspect, of, and they are turning our young men into women and mm-hmm. turning them into very sensitive Man, and you look at the military, that's what uh, COVID did. It wiped out the military, the alphas in the military, because they didn't want to take the damn shot. Mm-hmm. So now what do we got left in the military? Millie and Austin, they are running this military straight into the ground with their woken equity and inclusiveness. Yes, yes. And, um, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's that saying again where if uh, uh what is it uh hard hard men create good times good times create weak men weak men create hard times we are definitely in that cycle where these weak men are going to create some hard times for us and like you said too the the military was purged the covid vaccine a man, a mandate was a pur- was a purge of the people who were like I'm not going to do that and then now we've, like you said, we've got weak men who are in our military, and they're not, they're, they're going to be able to destroy the United States without firing a single shot. Yep, and that's what it is. I mean, this people don't understand that. Well, 
when we go to World War Three. No, wait, wake up. You are in World War Three right now. Absolutely. It's not a conventional warfare. This is a fifth generation of warfare. Yep. It's psychological. It's, you know, cyber Informa- attacks. It's, information. It's, yeah, informational. It's everything that is not just like the fur that we're used to. Yeah, it's not, it's, not, it's not kinetic yet. Right. But once and, it does become kinetic, I mean, it, this country is going to be so torn, we won't even be really a country whenever World War III actually kicks off in the physical sense. No, the West, the West Coast will allow Chinese troops to come in and be like, come on in, guys. They'll, well, they, they've they, they already they let them through care. the border. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. But, uh, you know, th- th- it is. It, 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 it's completely 100% right that once once it goes kinetic, there. I mean, I obviously come to the South and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a little bit different for them because uh, we some good old boys down here and, and we got something that the West Coast doesn't have and they're, they're called rednecks. <laughs> um, yep. So Trust me, you know, I live in Kentucky. We, yeah. we know all about the rednecks. Our, our people will <laughs> sit for hours in trees just to kill something. Come on down, come on down to the south, and you you gonna be you gonna be limping back. Um, but you know, to the to the moral aspect of it, I mean, just look at what happened in Nashville. Um, you know, a, a trans a trans person just killed three children. I mean, how do you have how mentally unstable and how sick do you have to be to kill nine year old children? And, and, and I'm, you know, that's that's one of those things where. It, when you hear it, I mean, it's just like a gut punch because I could, I could never, I can never understand or be able to fathom how much anger you have and hatred you, that you have in your heart that you would shoot a child. And that's where we're, we've been morally bankrupted. And this whole transgenderism agenda is, is, is it's not, it's not about all peace and love and acceptance. This is about hate. It is, it is hate that they're teaching. Uh, you, go, you go on Twitter and you see what some of these, these, these trans activists are, are posting and preaching and, and saying to their followers. Some of them have hundreds of thousands of followers, and it's, it's so hate-filled, but yet they're the ones who are like, we're the party of love. No, the fuck you're mm. not. No, you're not. You are not. All you are doing is preaching hate, 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 hate. That's it. And I mean, you have to you have to be completely uh, hate filled to be able to do what that person did in Nashville. I mean, that's just that's just heinous and it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And, you know, you know, conservative Ann. Mm-hmm. Now, he I overheard him talking in one of his lives about. Somebody said, well, you're part of the LGBTQT. And he said, no, I'm not. He said LGBTQT was hijacked years ago, and I would never fly that flag. He said it's been hijacked. And he goes, that's why me and my husband are the way we are. We're conservative. We don't believe in everything they're pushing, and they need to stop and leave the kids alone. Well, and that's it's 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 funny that Ant said that. I love Ant to death. I mean, his content is absolutely amazing. Um, he he's a very very intelligent guy, and I, I mean, I just I love him to death. 
And, you know, back in the day, I'm old enough, I'm 37 years old, and I am old enough to remember when the community was just called the LGB community, lesbian, gay, bi. And back then, nobody cared. I mean, I've, I've had gay friends my entire life. And back then, I was, I guess you would have been what I what was called an ally back then. I mean, I almost got my ass beat by a bouncer at a club in Orlando because one of my friends, Patrick, was wearing like a pink striped shirt and he was definitely an effeminate talker. And the bouncer looked at him and said, we don't allow your kind in here. And I got up in this dude's face and he was a lot bigger than me. And I was yelling at him, screaming like, how dare you be a bigot towards my friend? Like I, I was an ally back then. But then as soon as that T got added, that was when everything just went all to shit. And then they've added all these other QIA intersects or, and now there's like 1700 different genders and you've got, you know, you've got people on TikTok, you know, saying that they identify as a frog um, (laughs) or they identify as a falcon or something like that. It's like, okay, okay. Now you're letting, you're letting the Looney Tunes run the circus now, you know, like, right. And it just, it, it got, it, it's gotten way out of hand. And, but it was, as soon as that T got added to it, everything just went to shit. Yeah. I mean, I'm 46 and I grew up in a, in an area where, you know, people who are gay stayed hidden in the closet for a reason. I mean, a lot of people didn't accept that around here, but when it started loosely coming out on people in the community then people were receptive of it but like you said whenever they added the tea and started going off the rails with it yeah uh start pissing people off because now you have kids wanting to be furbies and going to class and using a litter box in class and barking and meowing in class and you have them trying to redefine a pedophile into a map yeah that's not going to happen once you're a fucking pedo you're a fucking pedo I know pedophilia is not a sexual orientation and um, that, you know, back in my day, if there was somebody who was wanting to use a litter box in the classroom, um, they got sent to a mental institution. (laughs) Right. But now we accept it as society. No, I'm not. I'm accepting of a lot of things. I, I always tell, I don't, I don't really care. The only thing you're not allowed to be is a pedophile. But now it's becoming like to where it's either you accept this or, you know, die basically is where they're going with it. I mean, it's getting to the point where the, this community is, has been, like Ant said, it has been hijacked. And now it's just become so perverted. I mean, some of the things that I've seen where uh, at these pride parades where they're basically walking down the streets butt ass naked or like have some giant you know, sex toy hanging from their genitalia and they're shaking it in the kids' faces. I mean, that's perverted. Yeah, and then that a sexual act on a child? I always thought that was kind of part of the law, that you uh, couldn't do anything like that to a child. Well, I mean, it's just like, you know, I, I wouldn't take, you know, my, my oldest son, he'll be seven in July, but I'm not going to take him to a strip club. No. I would never take him to a strip. There's a reason why we monitor what our kids and what what our children watch on TV we don't want them to see overtly sexual things when their minds are not 
they haven't developed enough to be able to understand it. We, we don't want them watching, you know, uh, overt violence and, and, you know, the things that we consider TVMA. We don't, I don't allow my, my children to watch that kind of stuff. You know, yeah, most... I think, I think the most violent thing my, my son has ever watched is the dark Knight, and it's a Batman movie, you know? So like that right. kind of stuff, like, but like, no, I don't want him watching, you know, uh, some gangster movie where, or some horror movie where people are being chopped up. Like, no, like, it's just stuff that, you know, their, 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 their young minds cannot grasp. I mean, my, my kid asked me the other day, if Tommy, the green Ranger from the power Rangers is a real person. I mean, so they, you know, they, they still don't understand that what they're watching on television isn't real. And so right. now you're going to put some overtly sexual material in front of a child like that. What do you think that's going to do to their psyche? What do you think that's going to do down the line? And, and, and as they start to develop and as they start to grow, I mean, the male brain isn't fully developed by until the age of what, 25. Right. And you're putting seven, eight, nine-year-olds five-year-olds in front of a drag show and, <sighs> and, you know, yeah it's it's disgusting you know, i watched a video prior to doing this podcast with you it was on fox news of a uh, drag queen that was doing a lap dance on a 14 year old girl i'm like well, if i'm the parents and I've and my kids have been out of school for a couple of years now but i still stay highly active with people and i'll tell them get your damn kids out of these you're gonna start doing this stuff go to your school board let them know uh, don't listen to the shit that you're a domestic terrorist you have every right to defend your kids rights to an education and if they're going to allow that kind of stuff homeschool them get them yep. the hell out of these damn indoctrination centers and get them away from it That's we're the we're way to do it we're hoping, you know, we've got some other plans, like as far as our property is concerned, like my wife is, um, she's, she's training uh, to do some, uh, to become a personal trainer. And we're probably going to end up starting our own business and opening up a, a private training facility on our land. I'm also uh, building uh, in the process right now of building my uh, outdoor gun range in the back of my property. And so I'll, I'll, I'll be doing some things with that, but I want probably by, hopefully maybe summertime of 2024 to not have to work for anybody and be able to work for myself and my wife be able to work for herself and for us to be able to be home and to homeschool our children. Because I do, I, I obviously I'm in Florida. We have a little bit more protection than the rest of the country does right now, as far as when it comes to our kids. Uh, but still at the end of the day, I, I, I would like, you know, I would like to be able to teach my kids. Yeah, I was going to say you live in a in a good state where at least you have a governor that's going to protect the kids from all this deranged bullshit that's going on in the school systems. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of your governor, what do you think about uh, – do you think he runs for 2024? I think it would be political suicide if he did. Um, this spat that's going on between Trump and DeSantis, I, I, there's a part of me that kind of feels like – they're just playing the media um, because Trump and DeSantis were both so close prior to the beginnings of the 2024 presidential election. Um, I don't know if they're just, you know, this is all, you know, kind of just them playing around with each other, but there has been some stuff that's been coming out about DeSantis that has been kind of concerning, but as long as he doesn't yeah. screw up the state, then I'm fine, you know, but I, I definitely, I think, um, I think 
he needs to allow Trump to finish out his four years and to to because uh, I don't think I don't the DeSantis is, has uh, he he's way he has way too much decorum to be able to take on the political establishment and that's right and left. I mean, so, um, I think, I think he needs to sit 2024 out. I don't think he's going to, I think he's going to wait until the very last minute because he is the only real challenger that Trump has as far as for the, the Republican nomination. But, uh, I mean, every poll that's coming out has, you know, Trump leading by double digits. So, uh, I think, I think, I think he, I think he'd be better off. Like if it, if it was me, if I could like wave a magic wand and say, okay, here's what's going to happen. I would say Trump DeSantis, 2024, DeSantis, Matt Gates, 2028. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. That, just... that would be, that would be, that would be where I would want things to go. But well, uh, DeSantis has done great here in Florida. He stood up to, you know, big tech. He stood up to, um, you know, the COVIDians, um, you know, we, we, we've been, we've been pretty much normal since like halfway through 2020 here. Once, yeah. once we got about halfway through 2020, uh, all the restrictions got lifted. The mask mandates got lifted. We ne- we've never had any kind of, you know, that mandates here. They tried, but they failed. Um, and you know, so, I mean, things, things here in Florida have been great. I, it's it's really weird seeing like all the other blue states and how they're still just like COVID, 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 COVID. I'm like, oh my God, they're still wearing masks and everywhere. And it, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. But those people's brains have just been melted. But yeah, DeSantis has done a great job here. So, you know, if he's got other kind of backing or whatever, I don't, I don't care. As long as he doesn't screw this state up, I'm good. Yeah, that's that's my only concern is, you know, when Trump first attacked him and started kind of chirping at him, you know, a lot of people started doing some looking into DeSantis and found out he's backed by established establishment, you know, Jeb Bush and Karl Rove and Mike Pence. It, that was a little bit concerning to me. But for what he's doing in Florida, as long as he can continue to do that, you know, that that. But, you know, at this point with Trump, I just don't I don't know. I mean, he's doing a lot of weird things. I mean, he's wanting to do these freedom cities and it's all to the 15 minute cities. And that concerns me. Yeah. And uh, him taking the CEO of Johnson and Johnson along with him to some of his rallies and take ownership to his campaign uh, that worries me too, that maybe he's starting to turn because maybe they have something on him. I don't know, but if I they had, if, if they had a single thing on Trump, like a, anything real on Trump, he, he would have been, he would have been dead in the water a long time ago. Yeah. But I'm thinking like right now, I mean, when he was out there saying protest, 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 he knew exactly uh, happened January 6th. Why mm-hmm. would you want to set your own people up to go out and protest when you know the FBI is going to be doing some kind of an operation? If people would have fell for it, but people didn't fall for it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just I, I, makes me. I, it just makes me think that they want him to get get the MAGA people to be compliant right and to fall into that line and fall for mm-hmm. it. Mm. And then set it up for maybe the 15 minute city thing and all this other bullshit that comes along with it. I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to decipher all this. I, you know, I, I've just become, I guess you could just say so jaded 
to where I don't believe anything anymore. You know, right. I, you know, I, there's there's a chance that DeSantis and Trump are both just controlled opposition and they're just playing their roles right now. You or know, they I mean, that, together just play in the media. <laughs> they, they, they could be, you know, but I just I don't know at this point. All I, all I know is from what I lived through from the time that Trump became president to the time that he left office. You know, things were looking good here in the country. I, I, I loved his foreign policy. I love the fact that we were starting to pull our troops home. I love the fact that he was meeting with people like Kim Jong-un and, and like trying to broker some type of peace. I love the Abram Accords. I love what he did in the Middle East. I love the fact that he was negotiating with the Taliban to withdraw U.S. troops from Afghanistan, but basically told the Taliban if they advanced on Kabul, he would wipe them off the face of the planet. Now, obviously... When Biden got in, he was just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to blame Trump for this. And we're just going to we're just going to completely retreat and, you know, kill 13 servicemen and leave behind billions of dollars to the Taliban. Yeah, that was a great idea. But, right. uh, you know, I, I liked his policies as far as his economic policies. I liked what he was doing. I like, you know, I, I like the fact that we were securing the border and curbing the human trafficking and the fentanyl crisis that, you know, is now right back up and running again. Um, you know, so I liked what he was doing. Did he do it like, the, you know, did he keep his mouth shut when he should have kept his mouth shut? <laughs> no. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, so that's why it's so hard for me to just be like, you know, uh, yeah, no, Trump is, you know, he is, he's a bad guy and he's just part of it all. And, you know, uh, I don't think the establishment um, media would have come after Trump the way that they did if he was a part of that crew. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah, I'm just, I'm just, you know, in my head, my gears spin a hundred miles an hour with this mm. stuff. And I mean, I'm not against Trump. I think Trump, you know, did a great job as far as his economic policies, his foreign policies, um, keeping America first was the, the first priority, which that should be for every fucking president, no mm -hmm. matter who you are. Uh, it just it's been kind of weird for me what he's been doing here lately it's just like wh what are you talking about freedom cities and what are you you talking about you know all this other shit with johnson and johnson and back in the vaccine well, and, i mean the, that, that the, kind the, of idea, the idea for the freedom cities could be the antithesis of the 15 minute cities because these 15 minute cities the way they're selling it basically seems like slavery uh, well, while a freedom city could be like, you're still able to buy whatever you want to buy. You're still able to drive a car. If you want to drive a car, you, you know, you don't have to live in the pod and eat the bugs. Um, you know, it, it may be what he's, what he's envisioning is the complete opposite of what the Davos world economic forum global, you know, power structure is envisioning for mankind, a, a complete technocratic state where everything that you do is, you know, under surveillance, uh, your carbon footprint is monitored every single moment of your life. Uh, they have complete control over your currency through, you know, central bank digital currency. I mean, he could be envisioning the opposite of that. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. But, you know, all, all I know is that we're heading full steam into 2024 and things are about to fucking heat up real quick. Yeah, and I was going to talk about that because uh, Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum said about a month ago that there will be a new pandemic. Mm -hmm. And part of that new pandemic will be uh, the loss of Internet. The only way you're going to be able to gain Internet access is if you get the digital ID. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, 
I think with the event 2025, if you've seen anything about that, that's coming up. Uh, it's part of the UN 30, which they're, you know, they're kind of fast forwarding this because I think they know that their fucking wheels are about to fall off the bus. So, Lam- Lambo and I had that conversation when I was on his podcast. Um, and I listened about, to that. Yeah. How, how we were, how the uh, they were trying to bump up uh, 2030 to be somewhere around 2027. Um, and with event 2025 coming up very quickly, uh, you know, I, we, when we were talking, you know, we, we, we kind of had the, the I, I basically said, I, you know, we've already seen what they were willing to do in 2020 to get Donald Trump out of office. What do you think they're willing to do to keep an establishment character in office come 2024? Is there going to be another pandemic? And is it going to be a pandemic to where all of these people who got the clot shot, they don't have an immune system anymore, and they're going to start dropping like flies? And then they're going to blame it on the unvaccinated. Oh, it's the unvaccinated's fault. It's like, no, we're the ones with immune systems here. But, you know, this goes into Operation Lockstep that was coming out from the Rockefeller Center back in 2001. They released that paper basically outlining everything that we've seen since 2020. And one of the the things is once, you know, we see how many people get the vaccine or how many people say they don't want the vaccine, then we release a deadlier virus with a higher mortality rate. And, um, And then we get everybody to fall back into lockstep. So I wouldn't put it past these these psychopaths to to do something in 2024 that either shuts down the completely the 2024 election or to where they have enough voter fraud to where there's absolutely no way Donald Trump can win the election for the third time. You know, I, I don't know. It's 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 I'm not like I'm not I'm not a prophet. I don't know the full extent of what, you know, could be coming down the pipeline. But I just I wouldn't put it past these people. Yeah. And, you know, I've discussed this several times. Me and Lambo's talked about it as well, that I believe that something will start to happen probably end of 2023 going into 2024, just so that they can put a stop on, you know, the election. They they don't want to have an election because they already know they've been caught cheating, you know, the 2020 election and the 2022 elections. Um. I just feel like this is something uh, Klaus Schwab is, since he's been talking about it a lot more recently, I think something's coming down the pike towards the end of this year into next year. Yeah, uh, I, so do I. I, I feel the, the same way. Um, that's why, you know, I, I've been working my, my butt off to, to kind of get insulated here in the country and, and, um, you know, I mean, with with the fact that we've got so many other things that are going on right now, like we talked about earlier with the financial institutions and the, and the banking collapse, um, you know, it, it's 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 worrisome. And um, but like like I said, you know, I wouldn't put it past these people to to release something that is even more deadly than uh, anything that we've seen over these last few years. I'm I'm worried about that. So talking Trump and DeSantis, what do you think is going to be the flip side on the on the uh, Democrat side? What are they going to do in 2024? Is do you think Biden stays in control, or do you Biden Harris disappear and we'll see Gavin Newsom implemented? Um, that's kind of where I I, I think they're going to try to go. Um, they they know that running Biden again would be suicide. 
I, I don't know if Biden has much longer. Um, I mean, just looking at that guy. You, he looks you like he's already dead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it looks like they're just pumping him with some kind of, you know, energy juice or something just to make him, you know, be able to stand correctly. Um, but I, I think they know they know that, and they know how unpopular Kamala Harris is. Um, so it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if we start seeing some challengers start uh, coming out of the Democratic Party. Uh, I would say Gavin Newsom for sure. He's like the anti, you know, uh, Ron DeSantis. He's, so he's the he's the golden boy. He's the one yep. that they really want because he's you know Pelosi's uh, nephew and yep. just the way he he's done California's way they want him to run the country. I believe. Yep. Yep. So that that would not be that would not surprise me one bit. But uh, I think. <laughs> With Biden, what did you what did you think about that damn press conference that he was supposed to talk about the uh, Nashville shooting? <laughs> well, you know, it, I, I I was I was flabbergasted is the best word that I can put to that. Uh, you know, he was it, it, he was speaking at the uh, a, a, a woman's business conference, so it wasn't like a a planned uh, you know a message to the country about the shooting, but. You want to talk about tone deaf to come out there basically like a stand up comedian talking about chocolate ice cream. <laughs> and I do believe that he said, I, I, I think he did say, you know, I got the, the Chinese ice cream. Like I heard, I heard something about Chinese ice cream and I'm like, what, what the, what the hell was that? And, and I mean, and I hate, oh my God, I hate it when he says, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. It's like, oh, dude, stop. Like, just stop. Oh, and how he introduced himself as I'm Joe Biden, husband to Dr. Jill Biden. Oh, <laughs> oh my I mean, gosh. And, and, I, you, and you wonder what, like, Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping think of this guy. I mean, this is a leader of what's supposed to be the biggest and baddest country in the world. Are we fucking joking? <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, he's he talking about fucking ice cream, and then sees kids, and boy, his fucking eyes lit up when he lit up. kids. Yeah, it's like Joe. A, do you do you have any idea what the opposition says about you on the internet? Like, do you not know that we know that you're a pedophile, and you want to uh, immediately get super excited when you see some children in the audience? He, this guy's a creep, man. I mean, he is a creep, and. It, it was it was just the most tone deaf entrance of a um, of a speech that I've ever seen by a sitting president, and especially on a day where three three children, you know, and, and three adults, but you know, the, the, the children is what just grabs at my heart. Um, you know, were senselessly murdered by a psychopath, and you come out talking about ice cream. Yeah, I, I I just can't believe how many people. Uh, everybody in the audience was laughing at him, like la like laughing at like what he was saying, not laughing at him. You know, like I would be laughing at him, but laughing with him about him talking about ice cream. And I mean, it was just it, it was. I cannot believe that that is the man that represents the United States of America. Yeah. It's appalling. It is absolutely appalling. You know damn well that if that was Trump. He would have come out 
so serious and it would have been a heartfelt address to what happened in Nashville. He, he wouldn't have shot the shit. He would have walked right up to that podium and he would have addressed it right away. You know he would have done that. Any other president would have done that except for this old bag of bones, decrepit old man that is Joe Biden. Yeah, it is. It's just it's so it's so embarrassing. It is so embarrassing to be. And the flip, the flip side of that too is if Trump would have came out talking about fucking ice cream and looking at little kids, they would have fucking just. They would have been on. They would would, all over it. They would have been on repeat on every single major news station for days on end. That's exactly what happened if it was Trump that did that, and that's just sad. Yeah, and as far as the the shooting, yeah, I mean, uh, it gets to me whenever you have kids that are being shot and killed in a school. Uh, I technically and generally, I wait for all the information to come out about the shooter, about the situation. Um, I know there's, uh, I don't know if you've seen Mr. Freedom Stick on uh, Instagram, but he has a video that he has out now where you know the shooter had like blue tape wrapped around the belt loop of the pants and stuff like that that's stuff that they know that's technically training stuff whenever they're doing uh you know training exercises so i that's why i kind of wait for see for the videos to come out about what 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 was going on because we got those tapes awfully fast so the the body cam footage Mm-hmm. Normally, normally we're waiting, you know, two, three months maybe to get body cam footage of this stuff. But man, they were immediately putting it out the next day, and it was awfully funny that this happened on a day he was uh, Biden was supposed to be talking about his new assault weapons ban that he wants to do. Yeah, that's you know I, I do kind of agree with you that you know the timing on that is is uh, uh, kind of weird. Um, and I'm not saying everybody out there listening, I'm not pulling an Alex Jones and saying that Sandy was fake. Yeah, that it didn't happen. That Uh, it didn't happen. But any, any, any times there's any, any, you know, things like this, I definitely, I do ask questions. And like I, like you said, I mean, I try to find out as much information as I possibly can about it. But, you know, it, it is weird that whenever things like this happen, there's always something else that was going on exactly at the same time. So uh, people but, forget back in Sandy Hook, Sandy Hook happened at the time that Diane Feinstein had that gun legislation bill and it mm-hmm. got voted down. And then the next day, Sandy Hook happened. So yeah. that's why people question this stuff, because when yeah. there's things that are going on on the left side of things, you got to be looking at the right too to make sure that there's nothing going on over there either. Yeah, they're not they're not pulling some kind of Kansas City shuffle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, yeah, I mean it's it is it's still devastating no matter what. And, right. You know my 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 definitely my feelings and my thoughts my prayers go out to families you know who were affected by this. You know I couldn't even imagine sending my kid off to school and then not being able to talk him in at night. And yeah. that's just that's that's heartbreaking. So, but uh, you know, it, it, schools are soft targets, and instead of sending you know the billions and billions of dollars that we have to Ukraine, we could have sp- sent that money to safeguard our schools. But they don't they don't care. They don't and, care. And, 
Yeah, and why why is that? Why are we in 2023 and we've had these school shootings? Why are we not having armed security at the schools, period? I mean, you yeah. have 17 million veterans in this country, and I know a whole lot of them that say, just let me go do it. I'll go sit outside the school all day. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I know. I know plenty of ex-military that would jump at the chance to go and provide, you know, security and protection for our kids. I mean, but they don't, they, it's, they don't care. You know, they, they'd rather launder their money through Ukraine than to protect our children. And that's just the sad state of affairs of American politics right there. Yeah. And did you see where, uh, FTX, the co-founder, uh, Sam Bankman freed, he got, caught trying to pay 40 million dollars to the chinese and bribe them no i didn't see any of that that came kinda, out that came oh, out that, today so he uh, apparently he tried to bribe the chinese 40 uh million dollars over uh what was going on with ftx and the ukraine <laughs> it's not surprising yeah it's not surprising whatsoever but uh so you know, we're coming up on an hour. Do you want to get to the meat and potatoes that Lambo was never able to get to? Yeah, let's get into that. So back at the end of the year, we had the Casey Anthony docuseries come in. And uh, wow. I mean, I said it way back when that I didn't think she was completely uh, guilty. thought that her dad had a whole lot to do with it. Being a former police officer, I think that he did something, and that's what happened. So, how do you think that turned out? Oh boy, um, yeah, that was um, that was rather. I had to kind of step outside because my wife doesn't really like me talking about this in front of her. Um, You're good. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, being being involved in that that story, um, you know, as close as I was, um, was it, it's been very difficult. I mean, these these fifteen years have not been, you know, not been fun um, for anybody who's listening that you don't know. Um, you know, I do go by Doc House on social media, but my real name is Clint House, and um, I lived with Casey Anthony's boyfriend at the time that uh kaylee went missing so i testified in the trial um i was pretty much one of the last people to see kaylee anthony alive um so i you know i've, I've been there and in, involved in this uh tragic story for the last 15 years of my life um so if you don't know the docuseries um uh, where casey actually finally spoke uh, aired on Peacock uh, back in November of last year, and I was on it. Um, I did not know going into this documentary uh, what was going to be told to me. Um, I've been that person who has, you know, always thought Casey was guilty, guilty, guilty. Um, I thought she was using Xanax to babysit her or babysit Kaylee. Um, I've been on the Dr. Oz show. I've been on four other documentaries. I've been all over national TV talking about this. And, and I was one of those people that you would have never been able to convince me that Casey didn't have anything to do with uh, the death of Kaylee. Um, but with the information coming that came out and hearing 
what I heard, you know, my, my opinion now is that I do not think that Casey is guilty of actually murdering Kaylee, but I think she is culpable. I think she knows what happened. And I do think it was her sick pedophile father that did do it. Um, and then she, she's still not been able to, she, she hasn't been able to completely basically remember everything that happened because when she was, she started being molested by her father at the age of eight and, um, her father is an abusive, abusive motherfucker. And, um, People who are abused at such a young age like that, uh, they, their minds and their brains don't work the same way as people like us. Uh, when, when somebody is abused starting at that young of an age, the abuser has complete control over them. And I didn't know any of this, but when I was sitting talking to the director, I started getting a peek behind the curtain of what it's like to be an abuse victim. And uh, she displays every sign of somebody who was sexually, physically, mentally abused from a very young age. So I think she knows exactly what happened, but I, I just think that she shut her brain, that part of her brain down. Um, but I think, I don't think the story's over. I think there's going to be more that's going to end up coming out. Um, probably, I don't, I don't know when, um, I don't know how, and but I think there is more to the story than 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 what we've than what we've heard so far. And, and I mean, my my whole entire thing is I just want to know what the fuck happened to Kaylee. You know, I right. you know people ask me all the time, like you know, did you make any money off of this? And no, I haven't made a single penny off of any of this. Uh, I've never asked for a single dime. I mean, we've had book deal. I've had book deal offers like. $250,000 upfront, you know, uh, payment plus royalties off the book, plus any royalties off a movie that would be made off of the book. And I turned it down because I didn't want to ever financially benefit from the death of a little girl. And so my whole entire thing, this, this, this for the last 15 years is I just want to know what happened to Kaylee. And I want somebody to be held responsible for the death of a little girl. I mean, that's not too much to ask. And that's all I've ever wanted. I've never cared about the fact that my face has been, you know, all over the news. My face has been in documentaries that I've got an IMDB page or, you know, people know who I am just because of my involvement in this story. I don't care about any of that. I care about what happened to Kaylee. I've always just cared about what has happened to Kaylee. I don't care about myself. I don't care about anybody else. I want to know what happened to Kaylee. And you know, this, this docu-series that came out, you know, a lot of people, it's changed a lot of people's minds about a lot of things. And, you know, I, I just couldn't even put myself into the position or, the, or feel what it must have felt like to be not only abused from the time you were a child to having the only, the only person that loved you, Kaylee, ripped away from you, and then to have the entire world hate you. Yep. I couldn't even imagine what that feels like. And I have reached out uh, through the director of the documentary uh, to Casey. Uh, she's not ready to talk to me just yet, but we did exchange some, some text messages through the, the, the director. Um, she did. I told her I was so, so sorry. 
And she, you know, she just said, you know, it's, it's not your fault, you know, and when she's ready to talk to me that, you know, her and I are going to eventually talk. So, um, but you know, it's just, it's been rough, you know, never, never honestly kind of feeling like you're ever going to really find out what happened. And, you know, for so many other people, you guys are outsiders looking in, you know, I'm living it. And, um, it's just been, it's been pretty hard, man. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I just, just watching it. I mean, before I even watched it, I mean, a long time ago on, I, I had a funny suspicion that at least George was involved and something happened and he kept her quiet for a Mm. reason because he was a former police officer, so he would know exactly what the police were going to be looking for when they were doing the investigations. Yes. He could easily cover it up. And yep. why was he the one that was called before the grand jury to testify against his own daughter? That never made sense to me. Yeah, and see, I didn't even know that until uh, we filmed this documentary. And, you know, I, I've got two boys, and if one of my kids, you know, committed, committed some kind of crime – you would never find me testifying for the state to execute my own child. I would be arguing against the death penalty just so that way my son could go to jail and I could still come and visit my son in jail. I would never, ever argue for the state to execute one of my own children. Yeah. That, that, that to me sounds like he's trying to cover his tracks. And the fact that he tried to... Uh kill himself that was another thing that just yeah like because the only thing i see her guilty of being is number one she lied to the police okay people people lie to police all the time Mm -hmm. and the only other thing would be that she just never went to the police yeah yeah that that would i would say she's guilty of now uh, of doing something to her own daughter after watching this docuseries I think that completely vindicates her. I do too. You know, uh, people who want to go out and continue to say that she did that to her own child, go watch that docuseries. It'll change your mind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, dude, I was, I was bawling watching it. I, I felt was, so, I, I felt so bad for her because she was, she was already convicted before she ever went to trial. I know. You had nonstop Nancy Grace 24 7. Casey did it, Casey did it, Casey did it, Casey did it 24-7, just constantly. Yeah. It just, it blows my mind. Yeah, the court of public opinion crucified her. But. And I feel, I feel absolutely <laughs> terrible. Like I said, you know, I think, I think she knows, I, I think she knows. And I think when she's ready that, you know, we're, we're probably going to get some, some more information and I hope to God we are. And I hope somebody is held accountable for what happened to Kaylee. Cause that little girl did not deserve that. And yeah. if it, if it is what I'm starting to lean towards uh, as far as what happened to her, I mean, you, we've already had this conversation earlier today. You know how I feel about pedophiles. Yep. And if this, if, if George Anthony really is a pedophile and he was not only abusing Casey, but also her brother, and then turned his sick attentions toward, uh, you know, intentions towards Kaylee. Oh man, I want this. I want him hung in the public square. Now, my, my personal opinion is he, he was doing something to Kaylee and then something happened. I think he drowned her in the pool. 
Yeah. Or he suffocated her with a pillow because what a lot of abuse victims or abusers will do is they'll cover their victims with a pillow so they can't see their face. Yeah. And I think that he could have smothered her. And I, I mean, I, I don't know. We need a confession at the end of the day. I mean, public opinion has got to turn. And, um, you know, but if we get it, we get it. If we don't, then I'll find out in the afterlife. Right. So, but, uh, yeah, man, it's, it, that was, that was, I thought when, when they took me, I did a documentary where they took me to the, um, to the site where, uh, Kaylee's body was found. And I should you not, man. Yeah. On the side of the road, I could pick up a rock, throw it and hit the Anthony's family home. So that, that, that was hard on me just seeing where her body was found, but it, that didn't make any sense. I'm like, how, how could the FBI, the Orange County Police Department, and the thousands of uh, you know, searchers that fanned out from the Anthony family home, how did they miss that? That, to me, was going, okay, this body was, her body was moved. It yeah. had to have been moved. Yeah, he and, hit it. I think yes. he hit it, and he waited for it to be long enough to where he could probably just go dump it and, because everybody's mm-hmm. done search. Yeah, and so Casey that... couldn't have done that because she was in jail at the time. Yeah. So, um, you know, that, that, that to me, that was, that was, that was hard, but then when they dropped the bombshell on me and, and it, it shows, uh, you know, in episode three towards the end, um, you know, that reaction that you see from me, that's a genuine reaction because I was not told anything about, about what they were going to talk about. I had no idea that they were going to like basically present the evidence to me like they did. And I mean, that's a genuine reaction when you see me go, Oh my God. Um, Cause it all, it, all these pieces just like fell into place. And I was like, Holy shit. It was George. It was George, especially when they played that one video for me about him at the, at, at her funeral. When he says that he misses her, the smell of her sweat. Yeah. That's sick. That is disgusting. That, that, I, I've got kids, and when they're all sweaty, I'm not sitting there sniffing. My kids want to smell their sweat. I'm going, hey, get your ass in the bathtub. You know what I mean? Right. You smell. Right. <laughs> it's just like, he's like Joe Biden. It's like, wait, what, what's <laughs> with smelling with children? I yeah, mean, nor- normal people. Disgusting. Normal, normal people don't say shit like that. I think too. That's why they had the dog hit on the trunk of the car as well. I think. Mm-hmm. I think he hid the the body there and then took it and put it somewhere to where it'd been, be long enough, and then he'd be able to bring it and dump it over by the house. Yeah, and you know, I think I think he was. I think he was the one who searched um, all of that shit on the computer, and people would like come back to me and be like. Well, no, according to the records, he was um, he was clocked in at work. Do you know how easy it would have been for him to call one of his cop buddies been like, hey, man, I am running behind. Can you go clock me in real quick and then turn right back around and then went and did the searches on that computer? That way it would have covered his tracks. He's he was an ex homicide investigator. You don't think this motherfucker knew how to get away with this? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense sense so that's what i had always that's why i'd always thought that he had some simple fact that he used to be a detective and a police officer he knows exactly what they're looking for Mm -hmm. uh, the things that they would be searching for evidently he didn't think too too good be able to do it on the computer but Mm -hmm. maybe he just did that to frame casey he did he framed her he framed her and he knew he could get away with it you know 
But uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much all all I got on it right now. You know, I uh, I feel like uh, like I said, there's there's the story's not not fully over just yet. I think there's going to be some more that eventually comes out, and yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be drug right back into it. But um, yeah, well, I hope for your sake that you get an opportunity to talk to to Casey one one on one, and you know, have that conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I do too. But when she's ready, when she's ready, I understand. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I would, I would have my guard up too. If I would have gone through what, what Casey has gone through. And, and the fact uh, that she's doing the work she's doing, that was another thing mm, I was glad that mm. they did is show where, you know, she's been living with the guy that's been in her investigator for the case. So yeah, you know, she's working for him. So yeah. She's not out there, you know, partying it up and being what they were trying to describe her as in, in the uh, trial and the pre-trial stuff. So, yeah, but uh, oh, all right, man. Uh, so where else can we find you? Well, uh, for the time being, I'm probably uh, right around the corner from getting banned again on TikTok. Uh, but my <laughs> my name. Yeah. <laughs> I've already got the account warning and they've just violated two videos of mine today about the John Fetterman thing. Um, and, uh, so right now I am, uh, still on, uh, TikTok at, uh, wait, what's my name? Uh, doc house forever. And when that gets banned, I'll be back on doc house forever again, or doc house forever too. uh, whatever. I don't know. Um, and then I am on Twitter at, uh, doc, uh, at doc house report. Uh, so you can find me on those two platforms right now. Um, so yeah, if you guys want to follow me, please give me a follow, uh, like my videos. I, I do some, some pretty, pretty cool stuff and, um, some funny stuff every once in a while, but mostly serious, you know, talking about what we've been talking about here on, on this podcast. So, uh, yeah, give me, give me a follow. I really appreciate you having me on renegade. All right. I appreciate you coming on the show, brother. No problem. Talk to you soon. All right. All right. Have a good one. You too, bud. Later. Thank you for listening to the Renegades Rant Podcast. Find the Kentucky Renegade Patriot on TikTok and Instagram, as well as the Renegades Rant Podcast on Pandora, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts, as well as Anchor.fm.